When they're not climbing trees, they're making videos about trees. When they're not making videos about trees, they're competing in trees. When they're not doing that, they're fiddling with hardware. And when they're not fiddling with their hardware, they're milling wood. And when they're not milling wood, they're pulling wood out of their pants. By wood, I mean sawdust. And when they're not doing any of that, well, they're talking trees. Hello and welcome to the first ever Talking Trees podcast by ClimbingAlbus.com. The website ClimbingAlbus.com has been running now for four years and being an avid listener of podcasts on pretty much every car journey and run I go on, I thought starting one about our industry would be pretty awesome and a great way to share more in-depth thoughts on topics we cover in each episode. For each episode, I'll be joined by friends and fellow professionals to chat about all things trees and drink beer because as we know, those two are the things we do best when we are together. So, joining me today for this very special first episode are three funny, good-looking and smart arborists who are great friends of mine and have willingly you! agreed to join me on this <laughs> adventure into the unknown of podcasting. They're easily persuaded by the talk there would be beer involved. So, first up, the man himself from our video series, The Matt Fernandez Project. He has now been in the industry for over four years. It's the funny and charming Matt Fernandez. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Matty boy. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Um, next up, a good friend of mine, also from the UK, now living here in British Columbia, an arborist of, I think, nine years, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, one of the most sarcastic and witty men I know, <laughs> George Keyes. How are you, George? Knackered. <laughs> Long day at the office, mate, is it? Um, and last but certainly not least, an arborist who is also a professional photographer and now starting to specialise in joining these two skills together to get amazing pictures from the canopy. It is Joel Spooner of joelspooner.com. Thank man. you for joining us, Joel. Thank you. Right, so the first thing I reckon we should talk about, um, seeing as though it's a very current topic, is the talk of tree stuff selling out or selling to Cheryl, should I say. Um, Controversial. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your reactions? Uh, looking at the chat on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it, looks like um, Luke's done it for his family, I'm sure. Built the business over I don't know how many years. Um, and uh, it looks like he wants to take a step back from what is probably a pretty hectic lifestyle and give a bit back to his family. Um, from Cheryl's point of view, it seems like they took a bit of a hit from uh, Tree Stuff's popularity, and it's a pretty smart, smart move for them. Yeah, I reckon. big, big, big business move from from Cheryl, obviously, because mm -hmm. the. I think we could almost certainly say that Tree Stuff was Cheryl's number one competitor, um, and Tree Stuff seemed to have this huge following. Like Luke had done an amazing job of of his business model. I thought like it's kind of something that I hadn't seen before, especially from the art industry. Who he he seemed to somehow give cut such like customer ser like such good customer service and um, stickers. <laughs> stickers. I think that's the key. I think that's the key. Stickers. stickers. Like everybody loves something free, and if it's yeah. even if it's a sticker, like people get excited about the fact that it's free. Um, but also, like 
tree stuff. Every tree competition I've been to, tree stuff seemed to be the one that uh, are donating the most prizes yeah. and yeah. like from from big ticket items all the way down to like you say like stickers. There'd just be like thousands of different types of tree stuff stickers. But they're, they're smart because they brand a lot of basic items as well. So they're giving out rope bags. Mm-hmm. Everyone's yeah. putting their brand new ropes in their rope bag and then taking them to the comps. People are putting the stickers on all of their rope bags. So it's they've uh, they've made a brand for themselves and they made a they've made a brand for um, for tree work itself. They made it cool, I think. I mean, I, I've even got the the heart tree sticker on my car. You know, it's just cool. Trees are your life, isn't it? It's my life. <laughs> <laughs> live, and, live and breathe it. But they were always very good at um, encouraging innovative ideas always funding something a little different um, and opening it up into the industry things that guys are like oh why are they selling that yeah. I don't know they had the yeah. aerial friction brake yeah. like which was a, essentially a, a block in the tree which had the use of a porter wrap and a block in one and the climate can control rigging scenarios you know and they forefront thinking forward thinking should I say yeah yeah definitely um, I think with their, they had a really good idea with their innovation lab because they just kept churning out um, products. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work, but they were they were always like thinking of ideas like a bit outside the box. Um, and and the ones that took off like really took off, and then the ones that didn't obviously just like phased them out and um, no great loss probably. Yeah, it's no great loss. But if if you hit that one main product that like goes crazy and everybody starts using it and like that's that's when you make a mint so but i think i don't know i um because none of us know too much about it yet i was i was actually um emailing with luke and and trying to get him on a phone call for this particular podcast so hopefully if uh, i get in touch with him in the next day or two i might be able to tack it on the end of this podcast otherwise it might be on the next one um, which it should be really interesting because all we know so far is just from seeing pictures through social media that they've that they've bought that show have bought tree stuff, but it would actually be interesting to kind of get Luke's take on it and his reasons behind it and and like he's he's going to know more than anybody what he thinks will happen as far as the like the operating of each business goes and if everything's going to stay the same, if the staff are going to stay and they're going to operate exactly the same as if nothing's happened. Yeah, that's people's biggest concern is like the customer yeah. service not being the same. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of Hopefully like, yeah. it just continues in the same vein. Mm. I think that's what everyone wants. Yeah. But the, I mean, the, the biggest point of it all is that Cheryl, um, I, th- I think they're probably the biggest tree equipment supplier and they've bought out their the second biggest tree equipment supplier so it, they're kind of get getting a monopoly on the market which hopefully tree, doesn't tree north industries out there. Uh, hopefully that hopefully <laughs> doesn't have a um a bad effect on the industry but you could see it happening because they're they're buying the competitors so yeah um so yeah it'll be really interesting to get luke's take on that um and get more detail about it but um, only time will tell. We'll see. So, um, so while we were talking about actually doing this first episode, it was probably about three, four weeks before the BC comp 
um, happened, which was two weekends ago now. Um, and when I was talking to you guys about it, it kind of became the obvious topic that the first episode was going to be about. Um, and then you just went and won it. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's why he wants to talk about it. He's trying to be all humble and stuff in there, isn't he? He's like, oh, you know, well, maybe we could talk about the competition, or you know. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I just wanted Slipping to get in that. In I just wanted to yeah. get that in there oh, first, just, you know, before everybody thought that yeah. we were talking about it. <laughs> who won it? Who won because it? Of a, because, won of a, us, yeah. because of a certain victory by <laughs> by someone. Dan Krause won it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so I'm, I'm like the biggest advocate on tree climbing competitions um, because I think I think anybody that does them or anybody that's involved in like volunteering or the organization I think you get so much out of it um, yeah. I I certainly did on in, in my first competition and then like competitions that followed like the years after but that I remember that first competition that I entered I just I just learned so much like, I just think I, learned, like, I remember learning that I need to climb. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I remember <laughs> shooting the bed. I was just swinging upside down. He's like, oh, okay. I think it's, I think it's very much like that for everybody, to be honest, because you go in. Apart from me and Matt, <laughs> the two expert climbers right here. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. But go yeah, on. you like you go in with I don't know. You you maybe have some kind of expectation. Um, it's probably best to go in with zero expectation, but you certainly get humbled in your uh, in your first competition. Go into everything um, with zero expectation. Yeah, yeah. that's a good mantra. That's right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> for you, George. Always. Um. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's. I mean, I'm. That's why I'm the and a, like a real advocate for these competitions and encourage everybody I meet if they've never competed in a competition before well, I think pretty I, much I, all three of us have only competed because we met you that's pretty much right isn't it yeah. yeah yeah. I mean hats off to you mate yeah, yeah. Hey. well I'm but, glad that I'm glad that you you took the bait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a great uh, way to network and meet people it as is well, you know? it is it's, um, it's a proper little community you get much you, you get much more out of it than, mm. than just the climbing um, you'd like I think maybe 75% of people that I'm friends with now in the ARB community in the Pacific Northwest. I've probably met through the competitions and and then met friends of theirs and and just has that rip like the ripple effect. Yeah. So I'm sure it's the same in in most comps the world over, regional ones at least. The, you you're always brand new the first time you don't know anybody, but the second third time you go, all the familiar faces are there again, and it's just the same sort of family of people coming out, and it's very much relaxed and a lot of fun. True, but one thing about tree competitions though, I think is that everyone's so supportive yeah. whereas in a lot of other competitions there's, there's so much competition that sometimes you don't get that encouragement whereas this one it's kind of yeah. across the board yeah. everyone helps out shares gear yep. and just like definitely well, most people share well. gear <laughs> <laughs> you know there's, 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 there's definitely a good, <laughs> there's a good sort of ethos around learning and, and sharing that knowledge and like encouraging people to do well absolutely yeah indeed <laughs> <laughs> so um so the bc comp which is the one that we just competed in is actually it's not an isa comp anymore um for for certain reasons ryan decided he was all the organizer of the bc comp for like the last maybe five six years now 
Um, and I remember when I first competed in the BC comp, it was an ISA. Um, but then I think three years ago, he decided to go off on his own with his own direction. I think he wanted he had ideas for um, making a few events um, and kind of trying to reinvest some of the um, admission fee back into equipment so that he could, you know, keep keep growing the competition and definitely, definitely after that first one till now. So there's this the one that we just competed in was the third of the non ISA format. And I think by far it was the best one so far. Um, it was a great location. Um, I think the atmosphere around it was like there seemed to be more people than I've seen at any kind of regional or chapter competition. Me, it was slightly worse than the, uh, the year before. Yeah, I dropped a few places. <laughs> <laughs> dropped a ball. Well, at least you didn't drop any gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you weren't DQ'd for dropping gear, though. Like you would yeah, be in an yeah. ISA. Which you should have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold yeah. on. You're taking yeah. the win from him. <laughs> Wait a minute. Low blow, Georgie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I just, I just thought it was. A, it, Ryan puts on such a good competition. Like, yeah. the way he organises yeah. it is so. Like, everything. He's got everything down to a T now. Um, the amount of the amount of public that were out there watching it because it was in a, a park down by the river and like nice mm-hmm. hot weather, it, like it just created for a great atmosphere. And this is the first time he's had, I think, two vendors selling equipment, um, which adds even more to the competition. Which is great because you can walk between the two of them and uh, say that the other guy is selling it for less. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you if you won, George, you just get given a lot more gear. That's maybe or try do. harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so play them off against each other. But you definitely got to give like pretty big shout out to Kamloops City and like Brian for sort of pushing that there to get it in that public park. Definitely. Because like, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in it was in Kamloops in BC, um, and I think um, it was a a big part of it was to Brian. I think his surname is. But I'm probably butchering that. Um, yeah, absolutely butchered that. So yeah, him and Darren uh, Roselli both work for Kamloops, and we're really pushing hard um, to get the comp there. And obviously, they approached Ryan, and Ryan was over the moon to have not have to work hard and go and seek a venue out. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so thanks to those guys uh, at Kamloops. Yeah. And, um, because yeah, I think everyone, yes. everyone's worry was if you're going to Kamloops, the trees aren't going to be big enough. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, what oh, everybody says. Yeah, that's what yeah. everybody says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in that really park, yeah, the, yeah, the trees there were amazing. So. And they were just all located quite close to each other as well, which was nice. Kind yeah, of kept everything contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with you, Georgie. How how was your comp? How did you find it? Comp, that was good. Um, had a great time as always, and. I'm always I'm not I'm not super competitive person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just because you don't do well, George, doesn't mean you say you're not super competitive. Put that caveat in there first of all. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I'm always probably like a lot of people, like pretty nervous before a competition. Not sure if I really want to compete, but I always I, and this is my only second, my only my second 
comp. Let's, uh, let's get that clear. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very competitive. It's just going to put a couple of cameras. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it seems to work. <laughs> no, um, and I, I missed a few, and I kind of wish I'd gone to them. Went to this one, and as I kind of expected, came out of it. Sort of, it reinvigorated my love for, for tree work in the industry because there's so many cool people and. It's just such a such a great thing to do. Um, the comp itself was wicked. The weather was great. The venue was spot on. Um, it was nice having the the wags there. <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah, Ads. we had all the all the girlfriends out. Three three wags. Yeah, <laughs> a great crowd. Everyone there was wicked. Um, the individual events, the work climb started on the work climb, uh, and I think. I think it's, it's always hard to start on the work climb. Me and Fernandez were in the same group, and uh, it's it's always easier if you've seen a whole bunch of people do the work climb and you've seen, you've seen from the ground what works and what doesn't work. But to be sort of second and third up or third and fourth, wherever yeah. we were, it's pretty tricky. And uh, I made the mistake of not asking the tech when I got up there where all the stations were to get <laughs> point it out, which I know I'll, I'll know to do next time because I missed a really obvious one. Probably the easiest station to grab. Like <laughs> right below right the, next to the starting, right below the starting bell. bell. May as well have been the starting bell. And which I, which I got on my next go and just winked at you. This is the one, George, yeah. Um score more though, did you, Matt? Oh! <laughs> no, so that was um, mild frustration, but otherwise, like, I think I had a good climb, and I had it in my head that this time, this time around, I wanted to, I just wanted to get out of the tree before the timing stopped, and I wanted to try get and hit the, out. yeah, yeah, I wanted to hit the landing circle, so achieved that, didn't hit all the stations, but had a, had a good time. Canopy access was an interesting one, um, ridiculously easy climb up, hit the bell, move across the canopy, landed in, hit another bell, get out the tree. And it's a small, small maple for um, for those who weren't there. Um, but, and that was interesting, sort of seeing how you, Dan, were, were, were as, as the more experienced competitor among us, were uh, more interested in how they were scoring all the events. A competitive competitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been to more comps and you know, you know, you know how the deal works a bit more than we do. Um, and you, you seem to be asking a lot of the judges, oh, what, what are you marking on here? Is it, is it, you know, is, is time a big factor or is it other things? And um, that's something I'll try next time. <laughs> so be a bit more vocal. Well, yeah. The thing is, Ask like, steal a few score sheets, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I saw any of you guys do that event, but I'd, I'd seen a few people, and it, it kind of, I was, I was trying to figure out if there was like some, some trick to it like if it there suddenly became harder for some reason as you got up there because it seemed so simple um so then i watched a few guys go and it, it was it just that's what it was it was like really simple so i wanted to know like i wanted to see the score sheet for starters and so i asked one of the yeah. judges i was like oh you got a, uh, do you have a blank score sheet um and they denied and it, I actually, though, like... yeah I actually, I actually knew the guy one of the judges and so i knew the guy that i asked and he was just like no, you can't have one. I was no. like, what? I just, <laughs> I just want to have a look at a blank score sheet. Um, but finally I got hold of one and I just kind of... Because there were so many points for it. It was like 80 points for this one event, which is like a ridiculous amount of points. And I was trying to figure out where they're all being like accrued and stuff. And um, 
So yeah, I studied the score sheet and just thought it was about being as smooth as possible, and that was you how got top which, three, right? When, when did uh, you win that? I, I won, yeah, I won that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the uh, that was the only did one of one of smooth and the other middle name. <laughs> <laughs> But what, what it was all about me, being smooth, mate. You were too erratic. What, what threw me through a loop was uh, shortly before I went, uh, Isaac did it, and Isaac flew through, and the judges came over and said, "Oh, that was the that was the fastest time yet." So I was instantly thinking, "We were led to believe it was Leggett. a speed event." <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I didn't do it particularly fast anyway. <laughs> I think yeah. it takes a long time. I, to I think you've got second, un- you've got to understand if ever you watch Fucking Isaac. Yeah. At any, if ever you watch Isaac at any event, it's going to be fast. Um, so there's no and point. Smooth. So there's no point in trying to keep up with him. Fast so. and smooth, ladies. <laughs> so what about your ascent? Ascent, yeah, balls up the ascent first time round because I, f- <laughs> I forgot to forgot to clip my chest uh, tether in. Oh, so we just tell so just for those listening. Um, so. The, at the BC comp, because it's not an ISA comp now, instead of the footlock, um, we have a open ascent. So you can, it's basically the same. Like you, you got to have get up to fifty foot. So there's a bell at fifty foot, but you can ascend in any form you like. So yeah, obviously for most people, SRT um, is quicker than footlock. Um, <clears throat> so that's what most people would do. So so for this one, I just I just use my wrench and my my normal. Uh, ascent tools I use my rope wrench every every day in work you know uh, what was it a foot sander on the right foot um, and basically uh, my version of a of a Haas <laughs> system which is uh, my crawl on a on a, f- a long foot loop so it's suspended at the knee and then the bungee wrapped around my wrist <laughs> <laughs> so I look a bit like Pinocchio but it worked it worked well enough when I, when I clip the when I remember to clip the chest tether in so yeah first time round, forgot to clip that in so that was a bit of a crap time but we get a second go you get two goes at the ascent and second time was 15 seconds so yeah, only two seconds judge. slower than you guys one too bad one too bad so that was that but it's quite a low scoring event if you if you're thinking about the competition the ascent isn't it yeah, yeah. quite a low proportion but it's a good it's a, it's a fun one to try and nail and Trying to try and get below 13 seconds, whichever yeah. <laughs> you guys managed to do. Um, so that one went well eventually, and then the throw line was the throw line uh, event was a whole pile of wank for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it well, it definitely was for me as well. It was close though. I, yeah, the throw, so so for the for the listeners, the throw line event was a, a large elm, American elm tree. Um, which split off into two two stems really, which made up the canopy, and on on each side of the canopy there was low markers which were blue, mid range markers these are, these are marking out the crotches with with tape, for you to aim at with your throw ball, uh, mid range markers were yellow and right at the tippy tops were the pinks, um, and you'd score what was it two for a blue, four for a yellow, six for a pink or eight for a pink something like that yeah two four six and then if you if you manage to link a line between two both sides of the canopy so scoring on the right stem and the left stem uh then you got a multiple of that score um yes which was an interesting one it was slightly different from the from the isa comp you could actually you could actually throw through two um two forks with two lines or you could even manipulate one line to go through the two target forks and then install one rope through both forks like mm. say if you're ascending like on an SRT system and 
base anchor, like, and then so if you install planning your redirect, yeah. So if you install the one rope through the two target forks you're aiming for, then you, you then got a, a multiplier on your score. So um, I think that threw a few people off because because that was in their mind. They, they thought, oh, I'll get more points for this, and and I think everybody then seemed to be trying to do that. And I wasn't. I was trying to go <laughs> as simple as possible. Um, you got one blue. I got, I got a blue. <laughs> I got six points, so maybe a blue is six points. I don't know. And you with get a rope, rope. With a rope through, yeah. And it was pretty close to getting a yellow on the other side. Hit the crotch Just didn't quite a it. lot of times. <laughs> inches away, inches as away always. Inches away from the crotch. <laughs> yeah. I got inches away from the crotch and then it was all over. <laughs> In 15 seconds. <laughs> How'd you get on, Matty? Um, yeah, I had a great climb. Thanks, Joel. The day was great. Um, I don't want to blabber on because Georgie just covered that pretty well. <laughs> oh, what you said, you blabbered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, work climb went well. I thought I'd had a great climb, but when I checked out the preliminary results, I'd you did have a good climb, honestly. Climbing, I'd sharpened it. No, both you boys, both you boys climbed pretty well. Yeah, I thought you, yeah. I, I, yours was one that I did see. And I thought you were, you were climbing pretty well. But I didn't land. Well, same. I don't know if you've seen some of the Matt Fernandez yeah. project videos. I've got this trait <laughs> where, where I come down. <laughs> <and it's> like, <laughs> Shameless plug. The Matt Fernandez project videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you seem, to, you, seem to always, you seem to always forget about your tail and you yeah. get caught every day. Yeah, and it snags like, my leg as I'm coming ending, down. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I just it? can't finish. I think you like hearing that. Ooh, <laughs> noise when, you, when everybody sees you like jolt just before I oh, hitch my leg on the tail end of my rope. So um, I didn't land, and then what? Then what do we did? We did the um, canopy access. Canopy access, yeah. which I just went quick with and didn't score. I scored average. I suppose my um, silver lining was the speed ascent, which, which you pretty much won. I, I came second. Yeah, second, I was happy with yeah, that. Yeah. And I'd, I'd not really trained much for the competition. I'm so modest. Should, <laughs> should have known that, uh, Fernandez, yeah. when you see him as ascending a rope SRT, he seems to bounce an extra couple of feet every stroke he takes with his ascenders. He's so light. Yeah. <laughs> He's got those yeah. bouncy ascenders. Strong. I, did, I was pretty tired by the end of the day, so I did, well, I did one ascent and was happy with that. I didn't, I didn't really do my second one. Crouching and looking tiger, at, hidden raptor. Yeah. <laughs> God, he's got the yeah, lines. He's, got, he's, he's, he's sitting there really last night, wasn't he? He's going like, I'm going to come up with some wicked <laughs> lines. I'm going to lie. <laughs> Look at his notepad. <laughs> so that one's come up. Oh, I keeps got, I haven't got well. a comeback. No, it's all right. I take it. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> So you did your first yeah. one, you're happy with that? I did my first one, I was happy with that. I didn't bother with the second one. But when I saw the final times, and I was, point th- I think, point 0.3 behind Tiger Divine, who got first. Point three Shout behind. out to Tiger. Yeah, he did well. <laughs> I should have done a second run, really. Oh, we think you might beat him. You should have done. done. Not you saying. Didn't you should have done. Should have done. I was happy with second, you know. I don't. Oh. He was like, I'm not going to bother him. I'm like, you shouldn't. Really? <laughs> Matt, if you're, oh, you just, look tired, Matt. Yeah, I'm just, save, save myself for the throw line. You might forget to clip your tether in. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I, it, well. it, was, it was weird as well because they weren't telling you what your times were on the ascent. Um, oh, really? No. no. So nobody, like, mm. you had to. I, I heard them say Matt's time because I was stood watching. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you still told me not to do a second run. No, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fast enough, man. Cheers, mate. <laughs> You'll melt the rope otherwise. <laughs> Massive shout out to Elliot Wright, though, on the oh, yeah, he, he did do yeah. a good job. Yeah. All day pulling 50 feet worth of rope, what, 30 times? Spent all day yeah. pulling his rope. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Dan, let, tell us Should, how wait, can, we, can we just mention that Joel was in the uh, work climb tree taking pictures of everybody? Beautiful pictures. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, yeah, we want to hear about. Well, my experience still. of sitting still for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was great fun. <laughs> my, feet, did, my feet were numb. But you did get some epic pictures, though. Thank you. Like, yeah. So if uh, if you want to see some of the pictures of uh, the BC comp, go to joelspooner.com and there's a uh, go through to the galleries and you'll see the gallery of the BC comp 2016. Um, Joel was in a work climb tree all day long, um, and I imagine by the end of it, it was getting pretty tiresome, but he still managed to get some epic pictures. Um, really good pictures which is is wicked because like because he made they, me uh, look good at these at these comps like there's always people taking pictures but to actually get professional pictures that have been like you know that you do some post editing on and all that sort of stuff they look pretty epic oh, so. cheers to the shout out on that yeah that's good and it's just good to watch like all the guys climb as well and girls because um, I think like what George was saying where he's nervous as the one common thing throughout every climber, whether they're a beginner, like intermediate or top of the game, yeah. everyone was nervous. Yeah. Everyone was up there. Was Dan Krause yeah, nervous? I was say yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe Dan Krause and I can't imagine Krause and, and Isaac. They're, but they're just very relaxed characters, yeah. aren't they? They just yeah. float around the tree. Yeah, Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. You know, it's just second nature to them. But they, but everyone, yeah. There's there's there yeah. they. Going through how they're going to do it, watching everyone come up in the boom, they're just all looking around, going, okay, yep. planning their route, doing this, thinking about what they're going to do, uh, and it's just great to see from that point of view, watching everyone, how they all sort of, it was almost predictable where people were going to go and what they were going to do. What's for you? Um, seen every single one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shame you um, didn't get to climb at the end, mate, because you would have won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, no, it was, it, was, it was a good, it was a good viewpoint. What what was the story? I didn't see this. What was the story at the end of the day where Joel couldn't get out of the tree? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 I might have asked if you want this beard. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know the story, but I remember you talking it's, about it. I, 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 I can it's, recall it's it. It's a little bit embellished, I think. I can recall it pretty well. Out of respect for my friend Joel, I wasn't going to mention this. Put it this way. They managed to... Couldn't work out how to set up a double line system to repel out of a crotch. They managed to tidy up every single station <laughs> oh, of every other tree, and even the it tree. It was getting dark. The I tree tech for the work climb tree had even managed to secure all the bells and get them down to the ground and retrieve his line. So they'd, I'm not, not going to bite this hook. They'd added up all the preliminary scores. We'd all gathered around the gazebo to hear who'd come in what positions, and Joel's still in the tree trying to get down. I think was <laughs> set up a system. So, what do you want? Uh, well, the thing is, comment. he wanted to keep the ropes he was using in, in absolute prime condition, and he didn't have a, a friction saver. Was the problem? Well, you know, I care about the trees. Absolutely. George, help me! Send me a cambium saver. Local cambium. And then they bloody send me some fucking retrievable I tried cambium saver things about six times until <laughs> <laughs> it became so obvious. You were probably you were so dehydrated <laughs> and hungry, and we just <laughs> blew <up> you. <laughs> Blowing his emergency whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Get me down. Send the boom truck. I should have got oh. a photo of that and put it on my website. You boys are so good to me. 
What was the next topic on there, Dan? <laughs> Wait, we're well, well, talking about your yeah, Tell us about your crime, dropping your gear and all that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I'll, um, so being the uber competitor that I am, yeah, I've, like, ever since I was little, I've got this, like, super competitive streak. For so. the benefit of the tape, <laughs> Dan is sitting on a chair that's much taller than all of ours, <laughs> so that he can feel a bit better about himself. Um, so, basically, the, the day didn't start off too great for me um i started with throw line which is by far my achilles heel yes achilles heel my problem event um and it was just that um for the bc conv which i scored the big fat zero um, beat him on the throw line you got zero <laughs> yeah got shit big fat zero mate yeah, turned yeah. it around though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, which which was maybe which was maybe a good thing because after the throw line event, I was like, well, like with the with the the climbers that were there, I was like, there's no chance of like making the masters. So I kind of relaxed a little bit, and I was just like, well, I'm just gonna climb and have fun and just kind of try and make it up on like the other events, work climb and stuff. But I was pretty certain that I wouldn't get into the masters, so. Yeah, just to relax me a little, and then, and then the next one I had a work climb. I had was work climb, which like went really, really well. I had point two five a second once I got down to spare. Wow. <laughs> so, when did you place in that then? Um, I think fourth or fifth. I wasn't in the top three, but I think fourth or fifth. So. Mm. Right. Um, I could hear the crowd cheering for you whilst I was doing the canopy access. <laughs> <laughs> Took that, energy that was Joel playing uh, <laughs> playing sound effects. <laughs> so far, I'm struggling to add up how you yeah, even no, got into the masters. Out, yeah. Yeah. No points for throw line and fifth on the work. Who, who did you bribe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bought his way in. Bri- yeah, bribe some <laughs> couple of reach arounds. Um, I don't know that technique. And then, so then it was like canopy access, which I've already spoke about. It was like it was pretty simple, um, and yeah, I was just like. I say that I relaxed and I didn't think I was getting through, but I still was speaking to the judges about point scoring, so I must have, I must have still been pretty, pretty eager to do well. Um, Always. So, so yeah, I mean, canopy access for me was just about being as as smooth as I could be on an an easy event, uh, which worked out pretty well. Um, And then what was the? Oh yeah, the ascent was the final one. You came to um, yeah. yeah, I came uh, <clears throat> loser to Matty Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a, it was, yeah, it was kind of a repeat of the the Matt <laughs> Fernandez project where he pips me to the post. You just do it to keep him happy. Don't you? You just like, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. I was looking at my watch, being like, oh, I'll just wait for it to yeah. pass over thirteen point two, and then I'll ring the bell. <laughs> no, it's um, no, I gave it everything I had, um, and so fair play to. I suppose I've got a high. You're saying advantage. you couldn't do better. I could not do better. Dan, that's could, not the attitude. I could not do better, no. But I will next time. You had less friction, <laughs> yeah. didn't you? I even had more practice. Just shave his head next time. <laughs> Lycra. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Spandex oh, man. Wrap him in cling film and you'll send him up. Grease him. <laughs> so, so when they, I mean, so when they were reading out the results, it was, it was a big surprise and bit of shock when I got through to the Masters so um, but you found those eggs especially because there was only it was only three in the Masters like sometimes mm. competitions are little four or five but because it was only three I was like I must have literally squeaked in um, especially after scoring zilch 
on the throw line. And then so so Masters was obviously the Sunday, the day after, and I was up against a former world champ. But uh, yeah, former world champ Dan Krause, who's decided to come back this year, being his fiftieth year, so he really wants to compete. Wow, fiftieth uh, year yeah. in the in the world, not as a tree guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he is fifty, um, but he's he's still pretty much better than any of us lot, um, which is pretty impressive. He's, he's like he's, he's like the wicked, like. he's like the f- the the fittest fifty year old man. Yeah, um, I got, I got he's, say, he's he's like an absolute whiz. Like I've never seen a guy use a throw ball like Dan Kraus. If like um, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest, then you probably won't have seen him use a throw ball unless you've competed against him at the Worlds because I don't think um, hopefully I'm, I'll appro- I'm going to approach him and try and get him to do a video on his throw line manipulation and techniques because he did a he did a workshop at the last year's BC comp and it was like it was absolutely breathtaking it was like mm. it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen he, he there was a big big oak tree big spready oak tree and he, he threw into a low hanging sort of uh, fork um, what 15 feet up yeah got his little swing on his throw ball and then with a quick flick of his wrist uh, the throw ball was suddenly pelted up to this the, the money shot center highest fork safe to tie in at the top of the tree it's, it's the yeah. weirdest thing I've ever seen yeah. I didn't learn anything just inspired we just watched, yeah. we just learned, watched an absolute I just learned to try hard you learned how bad you <laughs> are <laughs> but he did say that he did spend many unsociable hours just sitting in a park throwing a ball into a tree yeah, yeah well, he's a bit weird <laughs> nice guy but he's got the technique yeah. down to a T yeah, an absolute T and it's not easy it's like, it like so So I was I was speaking to him and I said so when I saw him do that workshop, I was like, how do you get the the throw ball to swing in any direction you want? Because it's easy to go the direction that it wants to go, like yeah. back and forward, which yeah. like the, the direction of the fork will mm-hmm. automatically make the throw ball swing in a certain direction. But he seems to be able to get it to go around in circles, get it to swing against what he wants to do. And I'm like, it's just... It was like, his magic? It's just absolute magic. I I have no idea how he does it, and I haven't seen anybody else being able to do it like he does. So um, it'd be interesting to to see some guys out there that can do the same. Cause, and he also throws the throw ball like overarm, which I've never seen before. I've seen Gareth yeah. do that. Have you seen Gareth yeah. from Gareth? Maybe yeah. did that because he competed against. Right, that's where he learned it. It's, 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 it's a good technique, though. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. tried it a couple of times. Yeah, and it kind of. It's good technique for, for getting for more me. vertical shots. Yeah, if, if it's exactly. good for putting out getting... car windscreens. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. For me. Or throwing backwards. <laughs> he, he's a wizard anyway. with the throw line, but he's he's also like watching him climb. Oh, is, he's smooth. He's insane. Yeah. He's so smooth. And of of the three masters, not to take anything away from from Dan and Tiger, but watching watching Dan Kraus, no one made it look easier than he did. He mm. climbed that tree like it was a little, yeah. yeah. 20 foot Jack Maple yeah. and everyone else it, I don't know, for the other guys it seemed like it, it was work but <laughs> yeah. no he's he's, he's super yeah, he's smooth very sweet, yeah. kept he's it simple just, and super smooth he's just relaxed yeah. whilst commentating on everything that he's yeah, doing no. and why <laughs> yeah. and yeah, yeah very very pro mm-hmm. yeah it's very impressive like it's it's crazy because this year is the first year that I've ever seen him compete because he's decided to compete in his 50th year so mm. he 
competed in the Portland comp, which was uh, about a month ago, which he, which he won. Um, and yeah, just seeing him, seeing him like do the footlock, like as a fifty-year-old guy, and he's still smashing like a seventeen-second footlock. It's just wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, wow. it's pretty. pretty he's really good at hacky sack as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> excellent at hacky sack. Um, he can sink a few beers. Tried to push a few more down him for, for, for your sake, Dan, but he wasn't having it. He experienced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the the master's climb for me was um, was a bit of a roller coaster climb. <laughs> so so the, the the thing that really relaxed me about the master's climb in the BC comp is that they already set the throw lines, and because my worst event is the throw line, that made me quite happy. <laughs> so. So I was pretty, I was pretty relaxed when I went in. I'd kind of had a, I had a plan. I went last of the three. There was Dan Cross went first, Tiger, and then myself, and then the women had gone before them. So I had like pretty much all day to sit and tinker and worry. Yeah, worry and <laughs> let the nerves get to me. Vomit. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought I came up with a, a pretty good, a pretty good plan and pretty good system, and then so I went with that and. Pulled up my pulled up my access line, which connected to that was was um, a rope that I bundled up, which kind of went up into the canopy, and then um, another rope which was my access line. Everyone uh, shouts at you, Dan! You've got a knot in your line. You've got a knot in your line. <laughs> yeah, this big like 124 <laughs> rope goes up. <laughs> yeah, obviously I <laughs> I had done that on purpose, <laughs> but. Um, the first thing that tripped me up was I, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I tied my rope wrench on the very beginning of the rope that was pulling up, so I had to take it off before I even started, which kind of was a stupid mistake, which I'll hopefully never do again. Um, and then yeah, once I once I got into the canopy, there was a there's what they call a secret station at the BC comp. They they tell you just before you go in that they told us that there was a a nest. That you had to inspect and check out and see if it was active. So, um, when you get once you got up into the canopy, you had to kind of have a look around and see if you could spot this nest. And then that was the secret station. So you were getting all the points of a regular station, like your approach and all that sort of stuff. Um, and after I after I got down, I I heard that nobody else had actually gone over to this cavity in the tree and in, to see if there was anything in there. Which there was some. Chocolate eggs, so I took all four. Nice. Um, and you were actually very humorous about it as well. I, I yeah. thought when, I, when you got to that station, I really saw you like relax quite a lot actually because you just saw the, the, Finally, the fun chocolate. side of it. Sugar, Dan changes when sugar Yeah, I think I mean, I think I was pretty relaxed because it was 25 minutes and the throw lines were already there, so I knew that there was loads of time for the comp. Um, and so, then and, and then the, the dreaded hitch climber. And then the disaster. <laughs> then the disaster happened. So, because because it's not an ISA comp, some of the rules have changed. They're more relaxed. But, but a lot of the rules are still the same. You kind of there's there's a lot of similarities, but they've changed some of the rules. And obviously, I hadn't read all the rules because it's just a it's a tree comp, and you assume it's pretty similar. But um, one thing I I did remember is that in the work line, if you drop a piece of gear. It's not an immediate disqualification, but you do have to stop what you're doing, lanyard on, ask for the piece of gear to be tied on, pull it back up, <coughs> attach it, and then carry on. So it kind of wastes a bit of time. 
So while I was fumbling about changing ropes, for whatever reason, I took every single bit of gear off the line, had it all in my hands, thought I clipped it all together. <laughs> and like, sweaty where, palms. <laughs> sweaty palms and pinto When I was doing it, I just looked, I was thinking, looking at all the gear in my hand, thinking I've got a pulley, a friction hitch, a rope wrench, a carabiner, all separate, thinking, God, this, <laughs> this could easily go peak tongue right now. I could, like, I could drop this. But, so then I clipped it all together with the carabiner, or so I thought. Clipped on my harness, and as I clipped on my harness, I just saw this like hitch climber pulley falling like in slow motion. I was like, oh. I was just standing over the George, crap. and we just saw it in slow motion. This little oh, red no. pulley was flying down from the tree, that. hitting the ground, and we were just yeah. like, shit. Especially because he had four other hitch climber pulleys on his hand. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? <laughs> hitch climber for every day of the week. <laughs> Um, and then, like, as soon as, like, before I even hit the ground, I was like, damn, that's, like, that is a disqualification. And, but, and I've been sat there, like, in isolation, like, listening to the crowd cheering for all the other climbers throughout the day. So I must have been sat there for, what, like, four hours. And to drop a pulley, like, halfway through the Masters climb, I was just like, that's, I don't know, it's just such an idiotic Something Joel would move. Do. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> exactly, Joel. <laughs> Oh, wait, sorry, yeah. As he drops his camera out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and I just, like, everything seemed to be going so well. I had a good plan, and it was all it was all going to plan. And, but to your credit, know. you... But then I was like, yeah, I, I said... You so, so, yeah, over it pretty so quick. So, Kafaki was in the tree, and he, he was, like, the tech in the tree, and he had communication with the ground, and I was just like... He said he initially said to me, "Oh, that's a DQ." So I said to him, "Well, I'm going to carry on anyway because I've not been I've not been waiting here for four hours to climb this tree, <laughs> get like a third of the way through, and then get down again." So I was just like, "Tell him I'm just going to carry on and like enjoy and, it and whatever, yeah, like <laughs> complete the climb." Yeah. So so I carried on. And I was just like rerouting my rope. I can't remember if I got the third bell or not. You're, you're on your way. You're yeah, on your you're, way way you're, you're, you're on your way to third bell because because Murphy was rampantly on his phone like trying to check the rules. To, yeah, and then they, they got them, and then um, then yeah, yeah, then, then they raided. By the time you'd got the third bell, I think you'd been told to lanyard in. Yeah, and then they had to send up the. They send up before you got the yeah, plumb line. Before, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so when they radioed through, and then Kafaki was like, "It's not DQ. It's just minus 10. <clears throat> Carry on going. Just pretty but, kind. But you, yeah, <laughs> yeah to, minus ten in the masters climb. It's pretty generous. When there's about three hundred, in this one was about three hundred and fifty points available or something. It was, uh, yeah, it was very. Which lean. means you could have dropped very lean. basically a couple. Could have dropped all, all my hitch climbers. <laughs> Every single hitch climber, and he still might have won. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, just get like mug of the comp award or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Joel, you've already taken that. <laughs> trying to get out of the tree. Just trying to I'm just trying to pass it on to someone else. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I mean, that was a climb. Finished the limb walk, got down. Tried, yeah. tried a good old trick that I saw Robert Bundy do, who is uh, pretty much the master in the PNW. Um, one of the first comps I ever saw him do, I saw him pack all his gear away into a, a nice box nice and neat so having like two minutes left I thought 
as I'm retrieving my gear, I'd try and pack as much as it away into the bag that I could. I don't know if you get extra points for that, but <laughs> it looks pretty cool, and <laughs> I had the time, so yeah, I thought, why not do it? Keeping it tidy. Um, yeah. You thought you had your time. It didn't didn't seem like that from where we were standing. Yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. We were like, everyone's sweating, hurry up, hurry up. Everyone Every, everyone's like, screaming at him and going, God, Paul, Paul, you lines. Honestly, the hitch climber, he dropped out of the Fucking hell. I uh, still had a minute and a half to spare, so I could have packed. Yeah, even, I could have got some knots out of the throw line. <laughs> um, no, which, which I'm sure Ryan Murphy is still trying to unpick all those knots that I put in his throw line. But, um, yeah, so. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so that was. That was that. And that was the first uh, first one I've won, which was a pretty awesome feeling. By, by the time you finish your climb and everyone, all, all was said and done, but the, the scores hadn't been announced, it was pretty hard to tell who was in pole position. Do you, you think, so quite often, yeah, for, it was for me, from, from where I was sitting anyway, like, and, and from the comp so I've seen before, you can usually tell who's, who's the overall winner. Mm. But um, Dan Krause was super smooth, super pro looking, um, super relaxed. But he snapped that branch, which had to be pruned out. I think it was already snapped as well, though. I don't think he lost too much for that. I think there you go. I think there's a weak point on it. Um, mm. Tiger didn't do too bad either. No, he's smooth. And Dan dropped but, the pulley, so but, but, it was yeah, true. But Holiday made every station though. Yeah. And and so because Tiger didn't even. Oh, uh, well, he didn't he, 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 he didn't go straight down to it. No, he 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 looked in. I think I think and just and just shouted how many eggs he thought he saw, from from a from a distance. Whereas Dan was the only one that actually kind of went in and inspected it. So I think in terms, you probably got full points for that. If it, yeah, if I, think, it was I think I think that was that was maybe make or break for. I yeah. think I think that's for like between good. especially between me and Tiger because Tiger yeah. wasn't. Too many points behind. No. Uh, if I was judging that composition, you'd have been DQ'd twice. Like, first, <laughs> first for dropping the. Well, for, actually, first for fucking taking the eggs out of the nest. <laughs> You're such a ruthless. What are you doing? Really? Taking the eggs out? Yeah. yeah. Chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> they might, you might be in danger of chocolate yeah. eggs. Yeah, there could have been some rare species. <laughs> I was bringing them down for you, George. Yeah, ungrateful. <laughs> and he's on the bloody sugar diet as well, isn't he? True. Well, hang on, not, hang on, non-sugar. 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 Sorry, sugar. sorry. The sugar diet. By the time <laughs> they came back, Danny's nothing. That's what Matt's on the sugar <laughs> diet. <laughs> they were a melted mess by the time they came down in your pocket. Yeah. And palm them after people. Um. So, yeah. So another. So just a, a quick brief on the the women's. Masters, um, a bit of a more serious topic, but well, not naming any names, but there was um, one of the girls got DQ. Well, before you go into that, they did an epic job. Though, they, they did, they did like, a wicked job. Like, and, terms, and there was, and it was a tough, a it good was bunch like, of competitors there. It was yeah. more, more like unusually high number of women. The most, there's four, the most there's four in total, wasn't there? Yeah, it's uh, usually uh, four, yeah. yeah, it was four. Yeah, which is. Probably the best turnout for the yeah. BC comp. And the pressure in that Masters climb is yeah. pretty big. Like, yeah. you know, it's a big, it's a big tree. tree. It's a big <laughs> tree. Everyone like, is watching. Everyone's watching, one, watching you. The pressure is on. And, you know, we're talking about nerves, and that's a lot of nerves. Yeah. So, I mean, I take my hat off to those girls. Like, just oh, getting fun. in there and putting in all of that effort. Yeah, it was a probably, it was probably what, like a good 60-foot 
ascent up to yeah. to even get to like the first branch on, on yeah. the side. And some of them have nev- never ascended in that sort of way before, or I don't know, just a knot. You see, so it's, it's kind of like, well, they're not as familiar to it as you guys kind yeah. of are, like, yeah. Sort of even day in, day out. I know, like, um, a couple of them, like Julia doesn't even do, she's not an arborist, she just, she's learned how to climb oh, really? through doing some jobs and knowing some arborists and so she's just learned how to climb and she she loves it but she doesn't do it for a job so she's like okay she gets minimal time to practice like on the work site the only time she ever practices is like for recreation so mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive how how really impressive. competent julia is yeah, yeah. But that's what i love about the comps because it kind of you've got that support but it also you've got all that pressure you're not doing a job so you haven't got to worry about all the yeah. other shit that's going on it's just you've got to get to all these points it's all laid out for you but there's still a lot of pressure so it forces you just don't people want to make a to, fool of yourself yeah, and there's that as well but it's great because it brings out it brings out the best in people because suddenly people forget about trying to do what they're doing and they just climb the tree yeah because they know where they've got to get to it's point yeah. a and point b and it just it just kind of yeah it brings the best out on people yeah um <clears throat> so yeah like so with the so one of the girls who probably did, she, like, from what I heard, I didn't see any of it, but she probably had the best her, climb. Yeah, her she movement got, around the tree was She epic, got, yeah. like, the, she got more. She, she, got, stations, stations, she yeah. got into the Masters 20 to 30, 20 to 30 points above any other girl. And this yeah. is the first time she's first ever competition. competed. Yeah. 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 And yeah. she did move around the tree very well. Yeah. She's very natural, well. like. Fair to say, she's, she's yeah, yeah, no, she yeah. yeah, she looked like a nap. It's kind of it's almost there's a bit of fearlessness there, which I think it's kind of like that, that ballsy confidence that yeah. just yeah definitely helps for yeah. she has balls. <laughs> but there was an infor- unfortunate incident where it she given the access into the tree, I think she felt that SRT was the only anyway, so she she took on the rope wrench, and I th- I think that's when it kind of went downhill for her because it's not a tool that she was familiar with and although she worked the tree well there was a combination of things maybe her hitch maybe wasn't tied correctly but so basically she was she was DQ'd for grabbing hold of the wrench rather than the hitch yeah yeah, yeah. so it was, it, was yeah. An, it was basically an uncontrolled descent but her hitch wasn't uh, grabbing Nothing. either and so she, I think her last 20 tied. foot was a free fall yeah, but I think her hitch was tied fine. I think it was just because she was working yeah. the wrench yeah. that um, the hitch then became loose. Right. So if, she, yes. if she'd right, taken yeah. a moment just to stop and hold on like she was anyway and just tend her hitch, then it would have locked back up yeah. again. And she would have but it's like that. <coughs> it's like it's like the footlock when when people say never grab a buffet above it because if you get the death grip, which means that you'd your body. You can't even tell your hands not to let go because you're so scared that you just hold on. Mm. And so I, I think it's probably like in that final descent where she yeah. she kind of came down pretty rapid, like that last 15 feet. She probably had the death grip where she couldn't even let go of the go. A, yeah, like right. the wrench like to to stop what she was doing because maybe she didn't quite understand or yeah, um, which is like one well, the descent she was actually self feeling. She so was holding so, yes. under what well, I didn't get. That yeah. she was holding under the wrench and she was holding hitch. under the hitch climber. So she, why she, hadn't she, it? Why hadn't it bit? Why didn't it bite? Because she was holding it up like that. Right. So it's literally self belaying on a single line. Yeah. So there must there must. Well, she must have still been holding the top of the wrench with one hand and no, no, she must have had some friction in the wrench. There, there would have been uh, some friction. It just would have been loose, yeah. and it wasn't like she came 
Well, know. I didn't see, so yeah. Difficult but to comment, yeah, but DQ'd for for um, uncontrolled ascent due to not experience. really being familiar with a piece of kit yeah. and probably being a bit overwhelmed by the mm-hmm. the size of the master's tree. Yeah. I mean, she probably went into that competition not thinking, you know, like all of yeah. us, or at least us three, not Dan, <laughs> but not really expecting to to get to the masters. Yeah, um, her first comp. Yeah, and, and uh, I think. Um, was it her first time on a wrench, maybe? Or, on the or second time, second on time wrench. on a wrench. Yeah, yeah. But she'll learn from that, so she but won't make that mistake again, will she? A, a big kind of safety concern for mm-hmm. the comps, right? Like you've got to be familiar with the gear that you're going to use, like properly familiar with it. You yeah. can't just be second time use. Or mm-hmm. yeah, and that's kind of so. So Ryan, um, when he organises it, he always he always makes a point in like the the initial kind of intro to the comp to walk around on the Saturday morning to say never use a piece of gear that you're not familiar with like um, and now that like now the rope wrench has been approved in ISA comps like they're not even checking if people can use it because it's a, an approved bit of gear like the mm-hmm. like they they expect if you're going to be using a piece of gear in a competition you know to use it properly um, it's a hard thing to yeah, but you to assess yeah, and judge hard, as well, hard to police you know? because if somebody gear, wants to use like, you know. if somebody wants to use a bit of gear, they're gonna say that they know how to use it, even if they're not a hundred percent like on it, aren't they? But that's yeah. quite a dangerous thing in its own right as well. And I think in a competition scenario, because you kind of there's so many overwhelming factors. Yeah. I think that's why it's imperative that you know how to use your gear. Because, Definitely. You know, you're under so much pressure elsewhere that shit. I mean, that's your lifeline ultimately. And that's why like, that's why everybody says never try something new in a competition because. Mm. Like ninety nine point seven, sorry ninety nine percent of the time it's gonna end like what? in disaster. Like yeah. you, it, like I'm not, <coughs> I'm not talking about like disaster as in injury. But even if you try something, like a little technique that you've seen somebody else do, like oh this is this is great for maybe doing a quick redirect or like transferring your line over a limb without climbing up or like any any little technique. If you've not tried it before, undoubtedly you try it in a competition and it's gonna go wrong. And yeah. then you're gonna kind of well, it's like get stranded my first or at the BC comp in Comox. Like I'd always been climbing on a four wrap prusik, and then you've like introduced me to the hitch climb and all this sort of stuff. So there I am trying to work out how to tie a bloody hitch for a hitch yeah. climb system. I get into the climb, and I'm there, and I tie it all. I think it's all cushy. I attach in, and I start trying to go up, and it just doesn't grab. So it's... immediately I've tied it completely wrong. And I don't even I don't think I even got up into the tree because I didn't know. What it's like I, I always tell gear. people. You want to succeed at the comps? Stick to your three strand and your Blake's hit. <laughs> <laughs> your closed system. Yeah. Yeah, you got. You got to stick you to. Learn, you got, learn from this stuff, don't you? you got, that's what I think yeah, exactly. Like every comp that I've been to, like definitely, like quite a few things have gone wrong, and I, I think those things are really going to stick with me, stick in my head, and I'll never do them again. Which I hope is true. Um, hopefully I'll never drop a bit of gear again <laughs> from oh. the like from the you're gonna the, take half the kit this time <laughs> yeah that's it next time yeah like you, you like when you get that feeling of like I'm sure like luckily I've never dropped a handsaw in a competition but I know enough people that have and so like, Matt's got something to talk about to help you oh out yeah that. that yeah that's <laughs> nice, gonna save you there that yeah was, yeah that was nice little segue <laughs> yeah. but I know like so many people have dropped handsaws and and then you see them the next time round and it's secured to them and 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you look, like those the things that go wrong are the things that really stand out for you. Oh, because you never forget it. Yeah, you're never gonna like, forget it, and like especially if it really screws up your competition. Mm-hmm. So. Like hitting the most obvious station in the world. <laughs> <one. laughs> exactly. I I actually did that in the what was it the PNW two thousand and fourteen or thirteen or something like. I was like, I was all getting in the zone and everything. I was like, yeah, station there, station there. Like, it was the first time I'd brought, like, because it was, like, quite close to home. It was in Surrey, so which is pretty close to Vancouver. Like, I got a bunch of my mates to come down. <laughs> I was all G'd up, really nervous, but, like, <laughs> like fired up with adrenaline. And I just, I saw the first bell, like, jumped out to that and, like, rang it. And then, like, went for a big swing. <laughs> because I was all, like, fully pumped up. But my swing... My swing was for like the third bell, if you like, if you know what I mean. It, it was kind of the the third one that was the obvious one to go to. So I, I skipped one, which meant I had to go back up the tree to get it, which I didn't have a panting on. So it, like it was uh, like hauling myself up, and it was just a, yeah. You've gone through all that, <laughs> and now you're winning. Disaster. The <laughs> um, it's probably a good moment to move on to the old tool of the week, do you know what I mean? Tool. Of the week. This week, tool of the week, over to you, Matty boy. Thanks. Okay, I put a lot of thought into this. Um, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of guys out there and think, why the hell have you chosen that? Or Carabiner. There's going to be some... <laughs> there's, yeah, a non-load bearing, not, not for climbing. Yeah. Carabiner, I've got a happy meal. So. <laughs> <laughs> um... I know it's gonna people. People are gonna love it or they're gonna hate it. I, I don't really care. I'm, this is a tool of the week for people who want to just give it a go. I suppose I'm gonna hold it up and demonstrate it because we are being filmed. Maybe this will end up on YouTube. I don't know. So you can learn from the <laughs> video. Basically, you know what a landline is. It's not a carabiner. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's a stretchy. It's a, you're working it well, George. Um, so it's. I'll keep it brief. It is a it's a tether for your handsaw. And in this case, it's a silky Zuba, which is a great saw. I won't go into it. I don't know which handsaw everyone uses, but the silky is a great one. And I like this Zuba with a curved blade. Whatever. I put, I have this tether for it, which is a, looks like an aluminium wire, plastic coated, and it's a pigtail. So it basically, it's like a telephone wire. Um, and one, hand, one end is on the handle for the silky and the other end is on a carabiner, which is just on my scabbard and it recoils to nothing what's that 20 centimeters it's minimal but i have a full once i take my saw out i can reach what's that if you see on the camera that's like six foot six foot reach whoa that's a good reach you got on that (laughs) it's not even you know it's not even trying to pull the saw back no. So uh, um, even for anybody with gorilla arms, you'd still be able to reach. And it re- this little pigtail just recoils, and then basically you can't drop your handsaw out the tree. That's exactly it, George. You know how many times have you climbed and you're coming down and well, you've lost your you, yeah, you've like, handsaw. You're, you're going through a crotch or something like that. Your saw flips out. And or... your groundy sends it up on the end of a rope, and they don't put it in the scabbard. Then it's on the mm. you, the blade is rubbing your rope, and don't deny everyone does it. Well, I so, think they can find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, you don't drop it. And I've even with this tether, I'm climbing, and I go to grab my handsaw, and it's not in its scabbard. It's hanging. But yeah. at least I've not dropped it. I've not dropped it down to the ground, um, which it, 
Great bit of kit. Also, like when you when you're doing a, a a sketchy top, let's say, and you want to put your you, you want to take away the final bit of the hinge with the with a with a handsaw, and then brace once the top goes off if you're rigging or whatever. You can just drop it, and it's going to hang on the bungee, not go anywhere. Exactly, George. Something like that. You know. So many guys are going to listen to this and go, "Oh, this is a chainsaw, we're a lad." But come on, don't yeah. deny it. The Zubat is an epic piece of kit in itself. Yeah. So if you've got a tether for it and you can drop it, knowing in an uh, an emergency situation yeah. or whatever, you can drop it and you're going to be safe. And then the second point, I suppose, whilst we were on a competition climbing, is it's a it's a fail safe. You know, you're not going to drop a piece of gear. And when you're using your zoo, when you're using your handsaw to ring a bell, you've got full faith that you're not going to drop it and it's just going you can put it back in its scabbard yeah so um, how much does it so, cost so this, where'd you get it this ah, it's a tough one because this is a an initially a rock climbing piece of equipment used for it, it had a tool on the end of it for scraping out crevices uh so i took the tool off it's a nut tightening tool isn't it yeah was that what it, and yeah, it had think, a hook yeah. on the end for scraping out so it's actually um gear. so i got the, the cleaning your ears out i got the same one and i think i think it's Black Diamond. Uh, oh no, Con- it's Countryman. Who make- I don't is know. That, is that a brand? What logo is that? Uh, see? Let's have a look. I think it's Countryman. Or I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. This will be added I'm not to big the... into rock climbing, so I, but I think it is Countryman. Anyway, it's for like yeah, it's for a like the lanyard. It's for a tool to tighten up nuts. I presume mm. if you're if you're bolting a root, um, yes. so you don't drop. That particular tool. So when I bought mine, I just took the took the thing it was attached to off, and it makes like the perfect little lanyard. And I've, I've strop- I did the same. I've had this for two down. years now, and I use my silky a lot more than I use my chainsaw, my top not handle, a lot, really. which yeah, you know I do a lot of fine pruning, so I use my. He <laughs> <laughs> just likes the peace and quiet of his own voice. I do. Why use a chainsaw if you can get away with using a handsaw? I don't get it. I don't, know, exactly. I don't get why yeah. guys want to insist on using a chainsaw. Repetitive strain injury. Whatever, but tether. <laughs> okay, and if you, if you, if you can't get, get hold of one of these... going, chainsaw or silky? <laughs> yeah, let's start another one. If you can't even get hold of one of these... Be on the podcast next week. ...plastic-coated pigtails, you could just use a bit you of can throw use, line. Uh, or... You can you can go to... Any um, our throw line we get pain in the arse. So well, it's not stretchy, thing, but you can um, you can get those little trailer like handbrake um, oh, yeah. tethers from from your local what is it Lord Co here or well, how about well, no one uses a landline pass. anymore, so just go down your get, get second hand shop and just like cut all your telephone. Cords how about off. one of those retractable um, like you like for a ski bar. pass on a ski pass? Yeah. pass have you got a card on a I retractable? Think, I actually think that's. A I, I think that's be- that works better. I th- I'd say this is probably yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure like if you went onto Amazon or something, there's a billion companies out there making something similar. So yeah. even even if they don't make that one anymore, they'll there'll be some. It's basically stretchy it. coily cord with a couple of um, key actually, rings in the end of each, and then you can clip a carabiner onto that. And on that carabiner, it's actually it's rated or it's it says five it kilograms. says five k. Yeah, 5kg. Yeah, so so Fernandez could probably climb off that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the moral of the story is, if you've not tried one before, try a tether on your handsaw. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. I find with this, it's 
99% useful and 1% annoying when it might get caught on a branch. Yeah. yeah. Or just don't drop your hands off. Yeah. Well, we, well yeah, that's not, that, yeah, you can't, you can't just decide not to drop your hands off. I, but yeah, I, I agree with you totally on that one, Matt. Like, I, I've got, I have that same tether. Um, I've probably had it on my handsaw now for, uh, I don't know, like three years or something. And it gets caught, like, I don't know, 0.1% of the time. And, even if it like the I can the last time I dropped a handsaw, yeah, yeah, I just remember how annoying it gets when you've just got a call down. You're like, I've dropped my handsaw. I don't know, I don't know where it is, but it's probably <laughs> it's probably in that bunch of brambles down there. Can you have a look for me? And then like you're waiting and like uh, yeah, because I use my handsaw all the time. Um, it just I don't know it's just a pain in the ass when it when you drop it out of the tree. Yeah. Or yeah. When you wouldn't use a chainsaw, not many people, or you wouldn't use a chainsaw with that lanyard, so why would you, you know, try yeah. a handsaw with it? Oh, yeah, it's dangerous enough dropping a handsaw out of the tree. Exactly. It is almost as dangerous as dropping a chainsaw out of the tree, but, you know, safety. 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 Which will segue nicely into our um, next topic, which is George is going to take on the topic for this week. It is. Close calls and incidents. This week and probably every other week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in um, so in this in this section we're going to talk about any close calls that probably one of us is going to do it each week, either that we've had or that we've seen happen mm. or that we've heard about, um, and then we're just going to go in, into it a little bit. So a learning exercise. Exactly, which is yeah, I mean that's what this industry is all about. There's so many accidents and incidents that happen. Um, we we kind of need to talk about them a, a little more openly like you'll see them you'll see them on social media all the time but you never really get the full story about what's happened because it's just a, like a headline and people read that maybe not even click on the link so if we can kind of share some experiences that we have like first hand knowledge of then we can maybe I don't know people can learn a little more and hopefully take something away from it but if not then then more for them phew Close calls and incidents. Yeah, it's uh, something we do twice a week in our yard where I work. Um, and if, if nothing else, it just keeps everyone aware and on the on the on the page of being of being safe as they can at work. Um, so the, the it's more a bit more on the close call. I'm going to bring up for this one as a full on incident. Um, the one that springs to mind. I was. Uh, Nice summer's day. Uh, it's been a long, hot summer. It's last last year, I think it was last year. Um, <clears throat> pruning uh, a deer dar cedar in the rear yard of a, a nice a nice home in in Surrey, BC. Um, previously topped, it had been topped probably fifteen years prior. Um, left to regrow after that. It was quite common in in. Uh, in that area of BC, you see a lot of top trees, unfortunately. Um, so it's re regrown a bunch of tops, probably four or five good sort of 20 foot tops and um, formed that kind of familiar sort of ball shape um, of the overall crown. And uh, anyway, my job for that day was, or for that morning at least was to um, shape in <coughs> an, all, an all rounded reduction of this, of this deer cedar to sh shrink it down and keep it contained. I think we were probably knocking off uh, 12 feet or so of the, of the height and, and then six to eight 
of the of the spread to keep it contained. Um, so anyway, uh, do my usual sort of due diligence, inspect the crown. I know it's been topped. I know I know about weak tops, uh, regrown tops are pretty superficial when it comes to strength. Um, so I, I check the the previous wound. It's it's pretty old, pretty healed over. Uh, like I say, 15 years ago, it was probably topped the first time. And I tie in quite high up into the chunkiest top I can find. Um, and I, I begin my work, begin uh, pruning, dropping the other tops. Uh, I prune the, the back side of the tree. And I'd been in the tree, what, maybe an hour, working from this one top. Um, come around the front to the uh, the house side. And I've uh, yeah probably done 75, 80% of the work at this point, working from the one top, which I was pretty confident was safe. Um, I tip-tied another sort of co-dominant, uh, a lateral that had turned into a co-dominant, tip-tied it for the rigging. And just as I'd come into the crown to, to drop down to make the cut lower, lower down, um, so I wasn't landed in, I had spent, you know, being aware of the kind of the frailties of the of the nature of the job. I, I spent most of the time landed in, but for this for this instant, for this for this one instant, um, rappelling down to make my cut, I unlanded it. Obviously, started to rappel down, and at that point, the top I was tied into sheared off at its union, and I fell. Well, two stories. I was at the height. Jesus. I was at the roof roof height of a two story home. Shit. Were you on the um, sort of outside of the tree or the inside of the tree? Do you know what I mean? So were you pulling inside. against? So, so I was so outside. So you were actually pulling into the strongest part. Yeah, which is which is kind of weird. So I wasn't in 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 my opinion, I wasn't putting the most amount of pull on that particular limb that I had been. And I'd already worked the tips of the crown from mm. that limb on the other side from that top, should I say? And at the point it gave, I just swung into the to the centre stem, and yeah, it gave out, and I fell, yeah, two stories to the ground, missed every branch on the way, <laughs> uh, and and hit hit a small patch of patch of grass, and the, and the top came down afterwards and landed next to me, um, and smashed a Japanese maple. Which, Really unfortunate. <laughs> that's where you hit the ugly stick, yeah. oh. and that's why I look like this. Oh. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and I had time to think as I was falling. I had time to think, grab a branch, grab a branch. Couldn't grab any branches. That's okay, crazy. Bend your like... knees. So I bent my knees and I, I landed feet first. I was luckily, you know, I was kind of in upright position when it when it gave out, and I and I fell in an upright position and I landed thinking bend your knees and I bet my knees that I landed and I the, you know really fortunate really really fortunate that I didn't break anything and my girlfriend's a nurse so did the top come down after or before you top came down after so I kind of basically yeah the top next was above me the whole time landed next to me um, that's so bizarre that you say that when you're falling it was kind of like you had time to think about or grab a branch or bend your and knees. That's or, very like, small amount of time. It's because like, I guess it wouldn't have just dropped, would it? It, it must have pulled out. It, well, you know, I can't. I remember my my sort of the processes that went through my brain because you don't you don't instantly know what's going on. No. Mm. I just knew I was falling. I was like, 
and you don't you don't know what's happening. You don't know the top's given out. You don't know uh, anything. You, you just uh, your instincts are like fucking falling, grab something, nothing to grab, bend your knees, and that's it. That's the two thoughts that went through my mind. So and, what actually uh, happened injuries wise? What actually injuries wise? I sprained my left ankle really badly. <laughs> I did manage to think that uh, I had a previous injury in my right ankle from from playing football. And to land mostly on my left ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so we had three Sounds like you had all the time in the world to think about. What that it's like a cartoon, you know. <laughs> yeah. Where you just you stop just before, and then you're like, yeah. oh, oh, left oh, ankle. <laughs> so my left ankle took most of it, and yeah, sprained it very badly, and uh, took a few weeks off. Right. It's it's so crazy how you all you did was sprain your ankle because like falling from what like. Would you say thirty foot? Yeah, probably a bit less than twenty foot. Twenty five foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. yeah that's like that's, you that's well. like a that is a, a proper fall. Like that's yeah. yeah, that's like breaking your limbs kind of a fall. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, a solid boy, isn't he, old Georgie? He's athletic, <laughs> athletic build. But did so, you so, take so, off <laughs> tree work, George? And did you win that those couple of weeks you had off? Did you have any realization? Oh, actually, do you know what? This isn't for me. Or you know what? You, like, yeah. Um, especially coming back into work afterwards, it really, really knocked my confidence. Like, Did you just do hedges? Well, no. <laughs> Actually, the, the that, was, that would be the, like, the nail in the coffin. You'd <laughs> that like, would knock right. confidence. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, like, this is not for me. The week I came back, I did probably the scariest tree I've ever done, which is a massive, it was a removal of a massive dead big leaf maple. That was kind of the bosses to do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Won't name any names, Oliver Darby. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, um, it did knock my confidence, and I, I for a long, for a, a good year, I'd say afterwards, I was landing all the time, and you know, taking two ropes up, or or you know, using the tail of my line, or taking two lanyards, or or and I bought an extra long lanyard. I bought one of those seven meter long sea lanyards um it takes yeah it took me maybe it takes something like that like to really force you to to kind of look uh i mean like none of that was your fault because like you did you'd said you'd inspected the tree you'd worked, you'd worked around the tree you'd like um i mean on reflection you know i would have taken a second line up yeah tied into another top yeah and yeah. Uh, worked worked the tops down in in sections so that I was always secured, I suppose. And, or, but do you still or do, or do even that? Taken do you still do that now? No. No, but this is really interesting because like no, but I bet if if he came across a tree that was similar, if I, like, if I came across, yeah, I would. I would probably take a second line up, and at least you know a, a more a less a less static line, and at least tie it. As a backup, somewhere lower down near the union, yeah, near where all those those gnarly tops are coming out of the of the topping wound. Yeah, because there'd be a lot of people that go, oh, you know, don't be such a pussy. I you know, just get the, get it laid down and all that sort of stuff. But actually, at the end of the day, it's your life in your hands. So you have that decision to and make I was at like that time. That. I was yeah. like that at the time. And, and it's it's like that across the board. But I think I think I think that's like that's probably where quite a few accidents happen because how many times have you done a job and like 
you feel kind of uncomfortable and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. And then, and then, but then a lot of people will mm-hmm. carry on because they feel the pressure of maybe their bosses or the guys that they're working with, or you got to get this done, or like, are you going to look like a pussy if you don't do it, or whatever. Um, That's and, and, like, and like, yeah. yeah, maybe like eighty percent of the time, you you could do those jobs and. Uh, you know, I mean, come out of it fine. You get but away like, with it so many times, but it only takes one time when you don't, and yeah. you pay the price. So it's the it's that fine line of 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 really using your expertise, experience, judgment of like how trees work, and and I don't know, like trusting your instincts, like because yeah, like George, George got pretty lucky there. But um, yeah, that yeah, could right, that could have yeah. been like if you like so you landed on your feet and you bent your knees but if you'd have landed on your back like, oh, like how, much, like, how much worse like you might not fun. be doing tree work anymore yeah and yeah. that's why like this this is definitely a topic <laughs> touching my hand there Georgie <laughs> this is definitely a topic for uh, like another podcast and stuff but um, since I saw um, I actually saw two talks about similar topics at uh, one of the PNW um, conferences like two years ago and. Um, Kevin Bingham did one of them and Ryan Seneschal did another and they were pretty much oh no hang on I I need to correct myself there Kevin so Kevin Bingham was doing a talk but it was about uh, the rope wrench but I'd spoken to him prior to it um, about Ryan's topic which was like using basically two lines or redundancies and so backing up you like your bridge with the second bridge using two ropes in the tree um, and Kevin then started telling me how he'd been climbing like that for the the past year because he he had so many occasions where he had used like a saw maybe without landing on and he just he really wanted to get out of the habit of it um, and so he thought and because he'd done it, I think he'd done a, a sprat or irata course um, which you always have to have two lines you have to have your main line and that's the, back the rope line. access yeah the, yeah, the industrial rope access, rope access courses yeah. and because he'd done that course he'd then gone back to tree work and been like well it's silly why are we just using one rope um, yeah why when you're you? using tools yeah, that, yeah cut your it's, you know, but, but I mean being the amazing climber that, that Kevin is I think it then becomes a bit more of a, it becomes a bit of a challenge to him and to, to really push himself and to drive himself that he can be safer um it's always harder to be safer than it is to be unsafe. Yeah. In, in in terms of time, and efficiency, and all the rest of it. So if you if you're just looking at getting the job done, making money, or being a good employee, it never makes sense. A good employee but in terms of production. In terms of production, because like, but you know, yeah, a dead employee right. is not I a think good it employee. takes the climb. In terms of your career, you know. Oh, and just your own like professionalism can, yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's just not. It's nowhere near worth it. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> all the yeah. time. But we were like corners, and it's just like. Yeah, and especially, especially for those like those guys like green in the industry or like just getting into it, learning to climb. If they, it, I think it all comes down to the the role model and the boss. Um, if they, mm. if those guys, have a good like have a good boss, good role role model who's willing to teach them and teach them the right way, like telling them. They must be tied in twice, um. and it's 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 learning from the experiences. So it's, 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 it's instead of being sort of overcautious and unnecessarily overcautious, yeah. it's more about actually being really knowledgeable. Yeah. So learning from previous experiences yeah. and going, okay, this tree you haven't got to be tied in twice. Yeah. Just get it down, and you can get it down quickly. Yeah. But actually, in this tree, because of previous experience and incidents, 
tie in twice because you're going to reduce. Tie, you your mean risk. take two main lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not talking about. Yeah, you're just talking about in general being tied in twice the whole time. Not yeah, yeah. Having, so, having yeah, a backup yeah, main line rather yeah. than yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you just you just yeah. I think you become more knowledgeable, which makes you safer. Yeah. And how many? I don't know. Maybe George knows more than me. How many fatalities would you get in a rope access job in comparison? Oh, very to few. Our, I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at well, some of you look at social yeah. media for arg work, mm. and you see the fatality. It's a record. fraction yeah. of, the, of the amount in in rope they're access. Doing high, they're doing highly dangerous. Sad to say, the difference is the money is in rope access, and um, and it's not in arb, and it comes down to, I feel the the money that's there in 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 how much they can invest in in safety. Yeah, and they're prepared to take the time mm. and and equipment to uh, do a safer job. It's as if the industry needs to. Maybe maybe, maybe it comes down to tickets. Maybe it comes down yeah. to you know I think the level there's, of qualifications there's, as well. There's quite. I think there's quite a lot of factors involved, but a big one in rope access is that pretty much everything's for for like in the commercial sector. Yeah. So in commercial sector, they're gonna pay. Yeah. They're gonna pay the money. Yeah. There you Whereas go. Whereas yeah. within yeah. the within the obviously there's like yeah. like it's more some 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 of the crappiest work in our industry is the like the. Um, uh, like pruning for electric wire like electricity yeah. like hydro we call it hydro because it's bc hydro but um yeah power line power clear- yeah power yeah. line clearance that like that's probably some of the best paid work if you're just you know like your everyday climber or bucket operator but that's the worst work but it's because they're paying it, because they're paying the money because they they have to keep these lines clear whatever whereas if you're working in residential areas like Joe Bloggs or Mrs. Right. Smith doesn't want to pay like top dollar for somebody, even if they are a certified arborist, have done all got, these courses. And you've got all like, these dudes you like, that will run around and just say, Well, I can do that. Cause exactly. The balls, and I'll just get up there and. Yeah, exactly. And brush it down on a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Gone. And I mean, you could you could talk about this topic for, yeah. for weeks on end, but I think it does come down to there's so many people that can just go out there with a truck and start hacking at trees and some people don't know any different like some that is a problem though I think that is a problem Uh, and you could pull anyone off the street we could go out out the door now grab anyone anybody give them a chainsaw and a rope and harness and get them to a tree and they're an arborist they're just as qualified pretty much as me and you Hmm. you know give or take maybe ISA qualification but that doesn't really mean a whole lot Whereas you can't do that in, in other industries. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so actually, yeah, basically, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and there's a lot, there's a hell of a lot of education uh, involved in our work, and it's, which it's, isn't recognised. Pe- people would argue that there's a lot of barriers there, and you know, oh, you're preventing this, oh, we've got to pay this money, we've got to do that. But at the end of the day, it, at, the end, that, yeah, but at the end of the day, it comes down to your safety and your well-being, and and also the skills and the knowledge. Yeah. Of doing a, a good, safe job. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, unprofessional pruner someone who goes and tops a tree is making a dangerous situation down the line for the client and the future arborist you know mm. you go and top a deer dar cedar <laughs> 15 years <laughs> ago, 15 years later you might dick. <laughs> some uh, innocent yeah have you found the guy climbing the top arborist? <laughs> i will <laughs> <laughs> no well thanks yeah so well uh, yeah well, we, we, I think you've probably learned quite a bit. Just yeah, that was now. yeah, that was a for for the first incident mm. on the that section. That I was, got plenty more. Pretty good one. Watch this space. <laughs> Honestly, he is safe. <laughs> <laughs> good job most of the time. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, cheers for that. Georgie, that was a good one, mate. Um, so just just to wrap up, we'll just um, just go through a couple of upcoming industry events. Um, this past weekend was the European Climbing Championships in Prague. Um, I've never been to an ETCC, but I've heard that they're pretty much the best ones to go to. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. for the women, Joe Hedger from the UK, she won. Representing the UK. Nice one, Joe. And for the men, I'm actually I'm gonna butcher his name here, but Peter Vegote from Belgium. Um, so coming up on the 22nd of July, um, it's the Austrian TCC, which is in Lackenburg, Austria. I think that's how you pronounce it. That would be pleasant. Um, coming up in mid-August is the ISA Annual Conference, which is in Fort Worth, Texas. And Yeehaw. I looked on, a, on the website and pre-registration is until the 22nd of July. Otherwise, you have to wait and register on the day. So get your registrations in. Um, it's a bit, a bit of a weird one because so the for the, this year the ISA actually split up the tree climbing comp and the conference. So the tree climbing comp was in April, which was in Texas, and then the the conference is in August. Which I'm not sure why they did that. It seems a bit strange because surely they're going to miss out on quite a lot of, of people that would have mm. that would have gone. Like a lot of the climbers, a lot of the people travelling with the climbers. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what the process was behind that. And then, um, end of August, it, it, we've got a Seattle tree climbing comp this year, which is the 27th. Um, I think there's only a few spots available. Uh, have you, are you in that, mate? You, you no, registered? No, I'm not registered for that, mate. No, you, you get, on get it, registration mate. in. <laughs> get on it. Honestly, I think, I think there's only, like, maybe three three spots left or something. Well, maybe, come on, George. I'll do it if you do it, well, I can't oh, travel. Do I'm do. not allowed to travel at the moment because my visa, but... I it's would. Dead. And other reasons. Because <laughs> <Yeah, sure. laughs> you're a criminal. <laughs> FBI, most ones. I've got Matthew getting it and I'll come and photograph it. 27th of August? Yeah. yeah. Alright. Yeah, 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 I need to check. <laughs> everyone, everyone listens to this Maybe podcast. Maybe I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, I, spoke to, I spoke to Stu earlier. He said that he, he could have a... Well, he didn't say you could have a seat, but he said there's a seat in his car if you oh. want to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that helps, yeah, but if he, if he hears this year he's probably not going to have a seat so. <laughs> All right. um, so yeah so um, I think we should wrap her up yeah um, well cheers that Dan. yeah but thank, always wrap up thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening um, especially if you've gone this far an hour and a half later yeah Jesus if you're still if you're still with us <laughs> five people yeah, there, there, yeah. Must, yeah. there must be something wrong <laughs> I hope you've had as many beers as we have sleep well <laughs> um, but yeah cheers for uh, checking out this first ever podcast probably the only talking podcast trees. about yeah, this, trees in our world this uh, I don't know Dan can yeah, I, I, to be honest I haven't, I haven't looked into it there may, there may be there may be hundreds there may be well, well, people obviously <laughs> love talking about trees. So Can I'm any sure of the listeners contact you for regarding questions for next time? Definitely. Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want us to answer some of your questions, um, email me at mail at climbingarborist.com. That's m a i l at climbingarborist.com. Um, yeah, send us some questions, and hopefully the next podcast will will read a few of those out and try our very best to answer them. Um, any fan mail for Matt Fernandez? Um, right. can not come to stay me stay back ladies <laughs> stay back stay back he's taken 
Uh, I take pictures or anything. Oh, oh. <laughs> Dick pics. Yeah. What's your Instagram? Snapchat. Um, but thanks very much for checking us out, and hopefully there'll be many more podcasts to come, joined by these lovely gentlemen. Um, hopefully we'll get some other guys to join in as well, um, and give us their thoughts on various topics in the ARB world. So thanks very much, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.